Niederreiter tears his stick loose. Krejci, now Kasha. Jake Dabrowski in alone and scores! I don't know how long Stahl's out for, Jack, but that's a big loss in the middle. Yep, he's been dominant at the face-off dot. And the victim usually has been Bergeron. Nordstrom to the Clifton, he scores! Cliffy Hockey is back, and it's 2-2! Slavin finds Williams. Gives it away to Krug, the long indirect. Marshawn's in alone! He scores! Brad Marshawn! I think this is going to be in the latter category, don't you? Uh, Boston scores very quickly. Four goals in six minutes and 51 seconds. They erase a 2-0 deficit, take a 4-2 lead. Carolina's first shot coming when Tavo Teravainen uh, caromed one off of Charlie McAvoy's skate and through Yara Halak. Uh, and that was it. It happened way, way too fast. This is the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. It is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for your exterior home improvement needs from roofing to gutters to gutter helmets to uh, bay windows, bow windows, siding, everything. If it's for the exterior of your home, you'll find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, thealuminumcompany.com. Uh, what we were hoping was going to be a fun, jovial, jocular look at a hurricane season evening game four win turned into an absolute horror show. And the Hurricanes went from being the better team through 40 minutes to one of the most crushing defeats in club history. I can't recall another game of this magnitude where Carolina simply fell apart. Every team falls apart at times. Heck, there was a loss of this same Boston Bruins team back at PNC Arena a couple of years ago, which followed a similar script to what we saw tonight. There was a loss a couple of years ago to the Washington Capitals on home ice uh, that followed a similar script to tonight. But in a game four of a playoff series in which you knew you had to win and you had a two-goal lead going to the third period, What happened in the third is simply crushing. It is soul-crushing, and frankly, it's hard to imagine a team rallying after a loss like that. There just is no coming back from it. Uh, In many ways, it's the Red Sox blowing a two-run lead in the 10th inning of Game 6. In many ways, it's the Rangers blowing a lead to the Cardinals in the World Series a few years ago in Game 6 and then coming back really having been, what, one strike away a couple of times uh, and losing Game 7 of the World Series. It's the Royals 
uh, getting a break from an, uh, from Don Denkinger at first base, and George Orta, Orta was safe when he was out, winning Game Six and coming back to win game, and the uh, and the Royals come back to win Game Seven uh, in sort of a runaway. I think they uh, roasted Joaquin and Duhar. Uh, in uh, in 1985, uh, there's just no sugarcoating what we saw today. A four-three finish. Boston uh, is now three-one ahead in the series. Game four. Game sorry. Game five will be Wednesday at four o'clock. Uh, and honestly, after what we saw tonight and the the manner in which it all evaporated, it will be. It will take everything they've got to stretch this to game six. Everything the Hurricanes got to stretch it to game six. No Andre Svechnikov tonight. No no Joel Edmondson. We knew that. Uh, but frankly, Carolina was in pretty good shape through 40 minutes. They had a two-goal lead. Justin Williams scoring uh, in the first period. It was his first points of the postseason. He did not score against the Rangers. The only score was he had a nine, rather a 10-9 decision over Ryan Strom in a first period fight, an early first period fight. Uh, but Justin Williams was there when Carolina needed him early, and here it is. Kocek tries to get it down low to Justin Williams. Puck stays in the corner. Williams skates out with it as he lays it to Gardner. Now Williams, top of the circle, throws one on, he scores! Justin Williams! from the top of the dot and the veteran who comes through in the playoffs comes through again uh it was uh it was a play that was really made at the faceoff circle Ryan Dezingle had to come in and take a faceoff when Vincent Trocheck was removed for I don't know breaking a rule Dezingle won the faceoff Trocheck ended up winning a battle Gardner got it to Williams and Williams feathered it through Gardner was hurtling an imaginary player uh, drifting through the line of sight of Yaro Halak. Ryan Dezingle was on the doorstep, so there was a good net front presence in Carolina, who their best line in the first period was Trocek, Dezingle, and Williams. Uh, and then in the second period, after, and I don't think this will ever get talked about enough, Boston's power play, Boston was over three on the power play tonight. Boston had a power play midway through the second period, in which they essentially held the puck in the zone for almost the entire two-minute stretch. The only time the puck came out of the zone, it basically just got beyond center ice, maybe somewhat close to the blue line, but because it's a long change, nobody could get off. So Jordan Stahl, Brock McGinn, Dougie Hamilton, and Jacob Slavin had to kill the entire two minutes on their own. Uh, And they had a lot of help, obviously, from James Reimer. And then on the next shift, after killing that penalty, Sebastian Ajo found Jordan Martineau. Now Sebastian Ajo to Jordan Martineau. He scores! Jordan Martineau snaps it from the top of the circle and beats Halak, and the Canes go up 2 to nothing. But there's, there's really nothing more to say after that. Carolina had another opportunity to score a goal uh, in the period. Nino Niederreiter made a beautiful cross-ice pass to Martin Natchez, who had a wide-open goal. Maybe the puck hopped on him. Either way, uh, Natchez couldn't deposit it, and it's still 2-0. But Carolina was in pretty good shape. You know why Carolina was in pretty good shape? Because they were playing well. They weren't beating Boston up and down the ice. It was a 
relatively evenly played hockey game, but Carolina was the better team through 40 minutes. And then they got big boyed. In the third period, the Carolina Hurricanes got big boyed. They did not register a shot on goal until Tavo Teravainen backhanded a shot that actually hit off the skate of Charlie McAvoy and beat Yarrow Halak between the pads to make it 4-3. They did not register a shot in the third period until there was 1-27 left. They only got two for the period. Boston outshot Carolina 16-2 in the period. The Bruins, at one point, and this was, I believe, when uh, when Connor Clifton made it 2-2, the second of four, uh, not not uh, not unanswered because Tavo Teravon had made it 4-3. The second of four straight goals. Boston had 18 shot attempts to Carolina's two at even strength where Carolina was theoretically supposed to have an advantage. It just doesn't matter. We, we can sit here and analyze and blame and what were the turning points after Carolina killed off a Boston power play to start the third period, and they, I thought it was a very good kill, and you would think at that point Carolina was going to be okay, and they were for a few minutes okay. Things were good until, you know, with maybe another uh, two or three minutes after that. They weren't dangerous, but they were playing a smart period, and then it all got away from them. So did it get away from them when... James Reimer made the poor decision to try to come out and play the puck, and Jake DeBrusque was quicker to it? Maybe. Did it uh, did it plague them when they couldn't control the puck against Boston's fourth line uh, behind the goal, and Joakim Nordstrom fed Connor Clifton, who was drifting in from his position at the point to just above the faceoff circle to the left of James Reimer, and he roofed one to make it 2-2. Or when Slavin and Williams got caught a little bit too high and Brad Marchand uh, got behind them and Tory Krug banked a pass off the wall to a streaking Marchand uh, who slid the puck between Reimer's pads to make it 3-2 in, by the way, a 4-minute and 14-second span. And then Jake DeBrusque about, uh, what, two minutes later, roughly, two and a half minutes later, Jake DeBrusque just put the final nail in, making it 4-2. That happened fast. Six minutes and 51 seconds, four goals for Boston. Six minutes, 51 seconds. It was an epic meltdown for Carolina. Uh, where there, there were some... Uh, you know, we could all t- talk about turning points. Jordan Stahl getting hit by Charlie McAvoy and having to go to the uh, dressing room. Uh, and uh, Stahl was clearly mad going down the runway. And I think he threw his stick. Now, maybe he just knew that he was hurt. I don't know. But I don't believe he returned. And you play your last 10 minutes without Jordan Stahl. And who, in spite of what people might think, I thought, played an excellent game tonight. He was great in the face-off circle. Uh, he accepted the role of being a checking center with McGinn and Fogle, and they were doing a very good job uh, against, arguably, 
two of the best players, not arguably, they are two of the best players in hockey in Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. And Anders Bjork was a very good player tonight, I thought, for Boston. Uh, but it was essentially the stall line's job to be a pest, and they were really good at it through 40 minutes. And then the entire team melted down over, I would say, the last 17 minutes of the game. Is as bad as they've I've I've seen them play in a critical juncture under Rod Brindamore. As and there's just simply no getting around it. And what it does is it spoils what was until the third period some pretty outstanding work from James Reimer. Chara comes away and Boston is able to get the puck into the Canes and bouncing puck finds Chris Wagner. He toe drags out in front. Reimer has to be sharp as the Bruins swarm the net and crash over the top of Reimer. And James Reimer with a big save as Boston buzzed the tower. Now back the other way, it's Bjork. He steps in front with a strong move and Reimer stronger and says, I don't think so. And he'll hang on for a faceoff in the Canes end. Now Marshy out front to Krejci. Krejci hits the post. Krejci again now as the puck is free. And finally, as James Reimer was down and out, the Canes touch it. A penalty's coming up to Carolina and Krejci almost tied the score. James Reimer was once again excellent. They were talking about, well, what happened to James Reimer? What did what did he do during the break that got him so ready? He'd come in uh, making 70 saves on 73 shots at him uh, and was outstanding through two periods, a clean sheet, having uh, allowed, you know, ha- having made 17 saves, and then it all fell apart. And again, maybe it's the decision to go out and try to play the play the puck with a very fast skater and Jake DeBrus coming the other way. Reimer didn't get it. It was an easy goal, although, I mean, it was a bang-bang play. But that decision opened the door and Boston just barreled through it. And again, I don't know where they go from here. It's going to be very interesting to see how they bounce back Tuesday off and then come back Wednesday uh, to take on uh, the Hurricanes in game number five. 3-1 Boston series lead, 4-3 the final tonight. We're going to talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. The Hurricanes are uh, 4-3 losers. Goal scores for Carolina, Williams, Martinook, and Teravainen. For Boston, uh, DeBrusque twice, Connor Clifton, Brad Marchand. Uh, those are your goal scorers. Um, jo- Jordan Stahl leaving the game with about 10 minutes to go with an injury. He did not return. Uh, Carolina played the game already without Joel Edmondson and Andre Svechnikov. So that's three pretty big pieces of the puzzle that are missing. Uh, so we'll see what happens in Game 5 coming up on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Uh, quick break. We'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. The Morning After Podcast, as you know, is brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. For everything for your home improvement needs, it's the aluminumcompany.com. Your ex- home exterior improvement. So if it's windows or entry doors or siding, they've got it. At the Aluminum Company, you can find them online. Aluminumcompany.com. Alec Campbell on the other side. All right, Alec Campbell, host of Stormwatch and Aftermath uh, on 99.9 The Fan, the Hurricanes radio network flagship. 
Uh, sir, uh, by the way, at Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter, how was the conversation with Trip Tracy after the game? Um, professional, I would say. <laughs> uh, is, was it a burial? I mean, no, nah, I wouldn't call it a burial. Um, I think it was just honest, to be honest with you. I mean, um, I don't, I don't know how it's always a good conversation with trip, but trip was, uh, very candid. And I thought very honest about the whole thing to be, you know, to be honest about it. So, right, so what was, it was good. What was his take? Cause it all happened so quickly. It, uh, it sort of brought back ghosts of Bill Peters past. Um, I mean, his take was, I mean, he didn't like some of the, the wingers defense, on point men. Right. Um, he was talking about that during the game. Yeah, he, he didn't like that. Uh, man, it's it just happened, Adam, and it's, I'm having a really hard time recalling <laughs> a lot of things. All right, let's, um, let's discuss it, though. Um, because there has to be a moment where it started to go wrong. And I wonder well, if, if, it, if it isn't anything uh, as... You know, essentially, when Jake DeBrusque scored that first goal, which was probably a bad decision by Reimer to even go out and try to get the puck. If you can't yeah. get it, you probably shouldn't go. Uh, DeBrusque, very fast skater. Uh, so maybe Reimer just stays in his net and forces DeBrusque to beat him cleanly. And... Maybe that was all Boston needed. And then it was an onslaught from that point on. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a few moments you could look at in the game. In fact, I think what Tripp brought up, the, the missed opportunity from Martin Natchez earlier in the game, who knows what happens. He also brought up Jordan Martinuk's high stick on the deflection. You know, if any of those goals becomes you know good and it's a three nothing game uh where does the game change so he did point those things out as parts of the earlier part of the game where it could have changed but i think you could point to reimer i think you could point to natchez i think you could point to jordan stall getting you know knocked out of the game um all as kind of moments where it was just sort of open the floodgates but, I mean, my, my take on it was just that I, I, I really felt like the Hurricanes were pretty fortunate to be where they were to begin with. And, I mean, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good or, you know, however that saying goes. Um, but I really didn't – like, I was waiting for the, for the Bruins to start converting on the chances that they kept creating for themselves right. and could not score. And I feel like it's it's actually been more than this game. I feel like there have been other opportunities in previous games that we've kind of seen them miss on situations when they don't really miss that often. I mean, even in this game, right off the hop, Tory Krug, wide open, misses the net. Yep. And the Hurricanes dodge a bullet there. So, you know, the first two periods, I thought the best way I can put them for the Canes was competitive in the sense that they led the hockey game. It wasn't out of hand, but Reimer was doing most of the work and it could have been 
they could have been down a lot more. And I thought they were really fortunate in a lot of ways. I thought they were fortunate on their goals that they scored and on the goals that they avoided. And when the third period came on, it just, it, it was just an avalanche, man. And it was like basically the Boston Bruins just, just vomiting all of the chances that they missed in the last couple of games in one period. It was as dominant a period as I can remember seeing. I, I don't recall a third period or any period in a big spot that Carolina played more poorly than they did in this one. I thought Carolina was slightly better than Boston in the first. I thought they were probably slightly better than Boston in the second. Uh, or at the very uh, least, it was even in the second. And they were obviously very lucky. Anders Bjork had a great chance. David Krejci uh, rang the post and had a great chance. Uh, Bergeron from Marshawn. I, I mean, I remember tweeting during the game, like, how is 63 plus 37 not equaling a goal here? Uh, because it was a clean pass across the slot that it kind of caught, maybe it caught Bergeron a little bit by surprise. It was in his skates. It was between his legs, but he didn't even get a stick on it. Would have been a goal because it was a completely wide open net. Uh, and there were probably some other chances in that period. And then right before the DeBrus goal, wasn't just starting from the DeBrus goal, but right before the DeBrus goal, you could see Boston starting to ramp up. And then from that point on, it was an absolute, you called it an avalanche. I mean, that, there's, there's no other way to put it. It took six minutes and 51 seconds of game action. To go yep. from two nothing Carolina to four two Boston, six fifty one, that is yeah. remarkable. In that Carolina fans, I'm meeting uh, Tar Heel fans, would have been screaming for Roy Williams to call a timeout. Yeah, I mean, and that included the Reimer situation, included Jordan Stahl getting hurt and all that stuff. I mean, it was just it included Justin Williams turnover. I yeah. mean, that it led was to just, the Marshawn goal. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was just an onslaught, man. There's, there's really no other way to, pl- to put it. I mean, I, I kind of felt like the last five minutes of the first period, the hurricane started to get to it a little more. I never really thought in the first period they were, I thought it was, I thought they were pretty even periods. The, the first period, the second period, I thought the second period was actually probably my favorite period they played. Um, but even so, I mean, but the thing is, for me, Adam, is that the thing that stands out to me the most is the Hurricanes' inability to generate offense. Yep, against Boston, right? I, I, I mean, like, it is I, – like, I don't even know that I'm putting it – like, I don't even know that the Hurricanes – that I'm going to say the Hurricanes are playing poorly as much as I'm going to say Boston is so good defensively that the Canes can't get to their game. I mean, they just can't. They're not doing the things that they normally do. I mean, they didn't even get a shot on goal until 926 in the first period or whatever it was when they scored. Their first shots in the first and third period were goals. Right. And the Canes didn't generate a shot in the third period until they pulled Reimer. Right, and, and, and they were and, down sixteen nothing. And you look at the shot totals. Oh, I got it. for the yeah. games. <laughs> the Canes generated only what nineteen shots tonight. They've touched thirty only one time. They've been, I think it was 28, 26, 30, 19. And we're talking about a team that, generally speaking, is in the high thirties and and 
low 40s in terms of total shots on goal. And I know that shots on goal aren't, you know, don't always tell a story and they aren't the, I champion that, that stuff. But it is sort of indicative of the inability of the Hurricanes to get to the game that suits them the best. And I really feel like the saying, man, I'm using a lot of sayings that I You are. Styles, I don't even like saying. Styles make fights, Alec. Styles make fights. And I think (laughs) that this is a case of that. Where, you know, and Tripp had brought up in the aftermath about when Boston decided that they were going to start taking some risks. And to me, that's when the Hurricanes are better. When the other team decides they're going to do that. Because it opens up the game a little bit more. When Boston sits down there in their defensive end the way they do, Carolina doesn't really have an answer for that. It just doesn't go with the way that they play. So that's the most glaring thing for me this entire series is that Carolina cannot get to their game. And and it's because Boston is keeping them from doing that. They're just so good at that that it's it's just it's just been not a favorable matchup to me more than anything when you look at where the shots come from um to me that tells you more about maybe maybe it tells you about both teams but i really do it 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 speaks to what boston does they keep you out of the middle of the ice and the only game where carolina got into the middle of the ice in the offensive zone were the second and third periods of game two you look at Carolina's heat chart for this game, it is non-existent between the circles. Yeah. Non-existent yeah. between the circles. The two goals came from the uh, you know the left face-off circle going in. Uh, Williams' goal was from a, above the dot, which probably right. uh, Halak wants back. Uh, the same with the Martinuk goal came from above the faceoff, above the dot, but in the circle, uh, in uh, right off the rush. You know, maybe it was deflected by Greslick right off the shot. Who knows? Probably one that Halak wants back. The goal that Teravainen scored probably wasn't even going to be on net. I think it hit McAvoy's skate. Yeah, it was a fluke. Right, complete fluke. Total fluke. So it was like Niederreiter's goal. Carolina became a non-dangerous team. They were probably non-threatening for the most part in this entire series so far. Uh, The Natchez, you know, know, whiff. Was the puck bouncing? Probably. The ice hasn't been amazing in Toronto. Uh, but that's just counteracted by the fact that Tory Krug missed a wide-open net and P- uh, Patrice Bergeron had a puck uh, go through his legs. Carolina generated... Uh, a, I looked at it after the Marshawn goal that made it uh, 3-2. Carolina had generated just two shot attempts at that point. Yeah. Two yeah. shot attempts. Forget about shots yeah. on goal. Two-shot attempts. Uh, That was their third period. They got very uh, protective of their lead, and they they essentially tried to play uh, prevent defense. They were content to just knock the puck out to center and and hope that Boston was not going to score. And when DeBrusque scored the goal to make it 2-1, you could almost feel that was a turning point, and then it just happened so quickly. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I said at the very top of this, I don't know how you recover from this one. And we, we by the way, we hope Jordan Stahl is okay. Uh, I thought that was a significant moment in the game because they lost Stahl the rest of the way. He did not play the last 10 minutes. 
so yeah. I'm not sure what that uh, what his condition is going forward. Will he be fit or unfit for Wednesday at four o'clock? Uh, he threw his stick uh, as yeah. he as it, when he entered the tunnel heading back to the locker room. So I mean that doesn't sound or doesn't look like a guy who was concussed, uh, but he didn't return. So who knows what happened? I mean, that was my initial thought was that it was a high hit and it did get him in the head a little bit. And we know about his history. Right. So, but you're right. I made the same observation. I mean, he, he kind of walked off on his own power. He was upset through his stick. I mean, maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe he felt something. I mean, obviously he felt something, but maybe he, I don't know, maybe he knows something about the way a concussion starts right that maybe i mean i don't know i'm talking out of my rear end right now about this but i hope that's not the case yeah because i just for him as a person and for his health and you know longevity as a player but um yeah i also, I mean, I also think he, he was playing really his, well the way he threw his stick and walked off kind of makes you think it wasn't a concussion right. but yeah, man. I thought, was, he was, uh, I thought he was having a good game, too. He was good in the face-off circle. I thought their line was doing a pretty good job against Bergeron yeah. and Marchand. Uh, but yeah, man. I just, I just, I, it, it has just been a, a real struggle. And, you know, the first goal tonight, I actually don't – yes, it was a fortunate goal. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, like, they did a lot of good things. Absolutely. I mean, the Zingle wins a draw. Trocek wins a board battle. Dezingle goes immediately to the net. He gets traffic, you know, and Williams threw one on net and there's traffic there. And so, I mean, that's, to me, that's hockey. Yep. You know, that's a, that's a hockey goal. Um, the other two were fluky. I mean, I, I don't think any goaltender in the league would have been happy no matter who's shooting it with the goal Martinuk scored. And the one, like you mentioned, the one with Taravina yeah. was just a complete fluky goal. Um, but just, I mean, even game two, I think you're right. They got to the center a little bit more, but I'll say I'll say what I said probably in the last podcast. They finished opportunities too. Yeah. Um, and you know, they it's not like they got a ton of opportunities in that game. No, they, they only had 20, 26 shots on goal in that game. So I mean, you know, it, it's just been a real struggle for them. Uh, they can't they can't get pucks behind. They're not for, and they, that means they can't get to the four check. I mean, they get they're getting no rebound opportunities because they can't even get pucks through. Um, yep. So it's just, I mean, <laughs> I really, I, I'm like, I'm not even looking at it as the Canes being poor as much as I'm looking at it as Boston's got their number. Yeah. But as you, I think you, uh, you use the boxing term styles make fights. Uh, Boston's style does not make for a good right. matchup for Carolina. Uh, and yet, two nothing lead entering the third, and they just kind of went away uh, in the final seventeen minutes after killing right, a penalty. Like, uh, I th- they killed a penalty. They looked pretty good, uh, right. but they just kind of—I don't know—they just sat back. And the one decision I think gave Boston some hope, and Boston just barreled through the door uh, uh, after that. That's all. I just—I just, I just kind of felt the whole time like I was waiting for Boston to score goals. Like, well, I think no Carolina point, was too. At no point in the game did I think that Boston wasn't going to come back. I mean, I I don't I don't know if that's a 
prevailing thought, but I just, I, I just never felt like they were out of the game. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I mean, I know we talked in the second intermission, and I thought if Carolina could get off to a good start, uh, that they'd be okay, and they did kill the penalty. But I don't know that they got off to a good start. I think they killed the penalty. Uh, and then it was just sort of skating for a little bit uh, <laughs> until Boston got their wheels going. And once yeah. again, I, Boston smells blood as good as any team I've seen in the league. They, they do. Know, they know where the finish line is. And they're they're as good or better than any yeah. other team in the sport at getting to yeah. So Right. They're, they're, you know... Let's continue down the boxing path. They uh, once they start, they, they just start to pummel you. Once once you once they know you've you've sort of gotten weak, they just go after you, and then the referee has to call it off because they're just they won't stop, man. It's you, you know what it's the, relentless. Here's the other thing about Boston, and I guess we can close on this. And you know, Carol James Reimer was very good tonight. Uh, yeah, agree. Hard, hard really to fault James Reimer, and I'm not even talking about individual goals. Uh, he was outstanding tonight, and for the uh, however many games in this postseason, Carolina, other than the first one against Henrik Lundqvist, Carolina's had the better goaltending uh, in every other game in the postseason. Uh, the underrated part of Boston, uh, and I noticed this up close last year watching them all four games, uh, they are an outstanding skating team. They are way faster than you think. Marshawn is a tremendous skater. Uh, uh, you know, a guy like Kosh is fast. Anders Bjork is fast. But even more than that, other than uh, Zdeno Chara, everybody on their blue line can skate. They are phenomenal skaters from the back end. Krug, McAvoy, uh, Clifton is a really good skater. Greslick's a good skater. These guys can fly. Uh, and their speed has given Carolina some problems, uh, especially getting out of the zone. Uh, and it kind of manifested itself today uh, because pretty much everybody on their team can skate. Not, not that Carolina isn't, but Carolina's a speed team. Uh, right. And they can't really use their speed against Boston because they're fast too. Yeah, man, they're fast. They're bullies. I mean, they just have a makeup about them. They, they, like you said, they smell blood. They hound dog pucks, man. They, they just, they're just relentless, man. They are relentless. It's, um, it's pretty impressive to watch. Oh, yeah, I agree. to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's just the way they've just snuffed Carolina out. Is, I mean, it's, it's, it's just. It's deflating, man. It's like, it's just I, like part of me is just like, damn, like how the hell do you beat these dudes? You know, like, right. How did they I not mean, win the cup just, last year? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're just so they're physical. They, they, they just bully you, man. Like dude, like Marshan is, he's just such a pest, right? Like he's a great, but he's so fast player. and he's, he's so fast and he's so good and he scores and he just, I mean, he's just, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It's a it's a different it's just a different kind of team. All right, I said this to you. I said this to you uh, during our show during the day, uh, and I do believe that it's true that the team that won tonight was going to win Wednesday. 
So I still believe it to be the case, um, whether Boston's in Carolina's head or Boston is simply better. I think it's the latter, but it's probably a combination of both. Um, it's hard to see Carolina getting up off the mat after yeah. tonight. So we'll see what they got. Uh, maybe Because well, I, I get the sense it's going to be a little bit like game four was in Carolina last year. Well, let me ask you because I, I kind of brought this up with Trip too because I saw the conversation started on Twitter about guys in the bubble being down 3-1 and the fact that you've now been away from home for – you know, nearly a month. You've run through all of the whatever the board games they play, Canada, <laughs> yeah, I don't even card know games. Right. I mean, they've you know, you can only run around BMO Stadium and kick a soccer ball around so often. Uh, you know, the golf simulators are probably booked all the time. Um and you haven't seen your family, your wife, your kids, whatever it is, your girlfriend, and now you're down three one and people, you know, they're saying Basically, like, where's the will they to want to win? Where's where's the motivation, right? Yeah, do you yeah. buy into that, or no? Do you just I don't. Start? I don't. I mean, these guys are pros. They don't. They, that's right. not. I don't. I don't. I don't buy into that at all. Um. So, I, I, I mean, I understand why people talk about it. Uh, Kane's Twitter was outstanding tonight after the game, as you might imagine. Oh man, the justifications and the spin were a plenty. Yeah, it was unbelievable. People talking about, well, I'd rather wait till next year when I can celebrate with the Caniacs like I normally would. Anyway, <laughs> like, come on, man. Now, uh, like that what we're doing here? That's what we're doing. Well, it's better than blaming Jordan Stahl. <laughs> like, I mean, that's some. That's some. Just some. Yeah. But it's Some. it's 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 Twitter, that's Twitter. Um, look, I th- Boston's has proven whether it's last year in the playoffs or this year in the playoffs uh, to simply be a better team than Carolina. Their defense is suffocating, and that's why Carolina is struggling to score. Although they have converted uh, maybe a few more chances than they probably should. All right, go to bed. Uh, we got one more of these. Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll have more than one more of them. Uh, but it, it will be Wednesday afternoon. It's a matinee. It's a Wednesday afternoon matinee. Can't wait. I know. Four o'clock. All right, Alec Campbell. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Later. All right, that does it. It's the morning after podcast. The morning after Carolina's 4-3 loss of the Boston Bruins. A come-from-ahead 4-3 loss. Uh, The Hurricanes gave up four goals in six minutes and 51 seconds of the third period. And that's all she wrote. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, they are the people to see at AluminumCompany.com. Sammy does a great job over there, so uh, go say hi. All right, I'm Adam Gold. 4-3, Bruins win. 3-1, Boston leads the series. Game 5, Wednesday, 4 o'clock, the morning after podcast. We'll follow that. Have a wonderful Tuesday. 
You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app, and you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast.